want to see a guy isolate a scripture, write a little book that's sold for a lot of money, it sells in the millions, and then all of a sudden everybody's writing these little hardbound books on little things and you know, I mean it just makes me want, you know, where do we draw the line between good solid service of God like Awana and just another Christian fad where we're all jumping on the bandwagon? And uh is that business making that? But uh, um, so I'm just not real, you know, convinced. Now uh, with Tim LaHaye, I'm a poster with Tim LaHaye and Jenkins' books on uh, uh, the Left Behind series and stuff like that. Man, I think it's dynamite. Writing novels about the end times. Look at how many millions upon millions of people who would never read anything biblically related that are now opening books. And it was through Al Lindsay books that I came to Christ. And they weren't even novels. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, more more power to them. But, you know, and it, I, I don't write the final book on anything, so uh, I couldn't be way up the ones yet. Okay. Uh, okay, um, the idea that Jesus redeemed us in hell, uh, just, just, just read... Uh, the gospel accounts of Jesus was on the cross said it is finished. He was saying, I completed all the work that needed to be done. When he celebrated the Lord's Supper, it was because his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us. You know, he didn't take, say, break the bread and then uh, dip it in a flame and scream a little and you know, no symbolism about Jesus getting looked on by demons in hell okay uh, let me say this uh, I don't believe it's biblical uh, but most denominations and it goes way back to quite possibly the pupils of the apostles or at least real early after Polycarp's death but there's the belief that in between Jesus or Jesus' death and resurrection, he went down to Hades and rescued the comfort compartment of Hades. I don't, I don't necessarily hold to that because I believe Enoch walked with God. God took him directly with him. So I believe based on what Jesus was going to do, Old Testament saints were already in God's presence. Now having said that, uh, that's not heretical, that view. But these guys are not saying Hades. They're basically saying that Jesus went down into the lake of fire and was beat up by demons. This is no, this is not. And then that's Jesus provided salvation for us when His body was broken for us and His blood was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. You you take His saving work off of that cross, and uh, you know it's a different gospel. Um, okay. Um, the idea of health, wealth, and prosperity, it's not so much their it's not so much their theology that's off as it is their timing that is off. Do you realize God wants all believers healthy, wealthy, and prosperous? Uh, Jesus, the scriptures tell us that when Jesus returns, we're going to sit on thrones with him and reign with him. Okay? We're going to have immortal bodies, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. So when we see Jesus face to face, that's when we'll have health, wealth, and prosperity. These guys are giving health and wealth and prosperity a bad name. 
So, you know, Kenneth Hagen thinks that he's healthy. Well, he's still got <laughs> cavities in his mouth. Um, and while he is still as a body that is going to die, um, he doesn't understand. What, I mean, oh, when Jesus was healing, he was just given a glimpse, just a foretaste of what the millennium is about and what the hereafter is about. Um, so these guys, their time is off. Right now, the crown is going to come, brothers and sisters. The crown is going to come. But right now, it's starting to carry the cross. Jesus promised us health, wealth, and prosperity, but first comes the cross. First comes the suffering. These guys don't want to suffer. They want to drive around Rolls Royces. Hey, I can either build Jesus' kingdom here, or I can build my own. I can't do them both. And you know, we gotta say we gotta say with Joshua, it's gonna be in my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, uh, let me say that Job had a good report card with God. Yeah, Job suggested, hey, you wanna mess with somebody, go mess with Job. You know, Job had a good report card with God, but God uh, allowed him to suffer. John the Baptist, Jesus said there was no man born a woman up to that point greater than John the Baptist, yet he died without a dime in his bank account. Okay? Um, Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, he cries out to God three times in prayer, move the thorn from his flesh, and the Lord says, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. Now, whether it's physical, the physical ailment or false teachers that were messing with him, is irrelevant. God said no to Paul, and it wasn't because Paul was sinful. Uh, it was because sometimes God says no uh, to believers uh, who are walking with them. But, but the real key is in Revelation 2, verse 9. Uh, there's one of the seven churches there that they said they were poor, but Jesus said, no, you're rich. And then the church of Laodicea in Revelation 3, verse 17 they said that they were wealthy, but Jesus said, no, you're poor. That makes no sense unless the first church was spiritually rich, but financially poor, and the church of Laodicea was spiritually bankrupt, but financially wealthy. And now the help of all of them might say, okay, well that's an exception to the rule. No, no. Their rule is an absolute rule. It says, no if, what's, or what's about it. If you are a believer, you have no lack of faith, no unconfessed sin, God will make you healthy, wealthy, and prosperous, period. Okay? One exception destroys their whole rule. If there's one elderly person in a wheelchair with poor health who is being all that God called them to be, it totally destroys their thesis. Um, okay, uh, Psalm 73, the psalmist says, I, I don't understand it. The wicked are prospering and the righteous are suffering. It doesn't make any sense at all. And this guy whines about it for like 20 verses. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he walks into the temple of God. You know, it's like, whoa. And I understood when I walked into the temple of God. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, God, why do you allow innocent people to suffer? 
why do you allow evil people to prosper? And then you get on your face and you worship God and you don't get the answer, but it's okay. Because He gives you a hug. You're in His presence. And you find out, you know what, I don't rate all the answers right now. I probably can't even handle all the answers right now. Um, God loves me. God is good. God is in control. He's got to have some good purpose in this. But uh, these guys are trying to oversimplify the problem of evil. Then the, the, the little gods that were gods with a small g, uh, scriptures are real clear. There's only room for one God. Okay? And, uh, but the scriptures do at times call people or persons uh, gods in a symbolic sense. Uh, God told Moses that he would be as God before Pharaoh and Aaron would be his prophet. Okay? Now he's not saying that Moses is literally God, but Moses would represent God by bringing God's word to Pharaoh. Okay? Uh, when Jesus said, I and the Father are one, Jews pick up stones to stone me. Jesus said, For which of my words are you stoning me? They said, Well, not for your words, but for your words, because you being a man are making yourself out to be equal with God. And Jesus, based on the paraphrase, his response, his response is this, look, he quotes it from Psalms. If God can call mere men gods, okay, then don't I, a guy who really is God, as the Son of God, don't I have the right to call myself God? He's not lessening his claim to be God one bit. And he's not saying that men literally are gods. But what he's saying is that God can, can call mere men Elohim, gods, um, even in the symbolic sense, then why do you have a problem when the Son of God is standing in your midst and calling himself literally God? Okay? Uh, so, uh, basically, but if you read Psalm 82, 6 to 8, it says, God says to the Jewish religious leaders, I have called you gods, but you shall die like men. So if the health and welfare want, want this title, take the whole passage there. What it's saying is, I have called you gods because you, I tasked you with representing me to the people by sharing my gospel message with the people. But not only are you deceiving them, but you're deceived yourselves because you're hellbound. So it's like I called you gods symbolically, but you guys are still in route to hell. Uh, nowhere does the Bible justify us literally calling ourselves gods with a little g. Nowhere whatsoever. Um, again, when you start blending, the Alabama movement is a blending of Christianity and Hinduism, and Hinduism, man is God. And you can see how much closer to Hinduism uh, uh, this movement has, has gone. Uh, well, where did that idea come from? It came from Genesis 3.5. Lucifer in the garden when he said uh, you shall become as gods. Finally, the slain the spirit of the holy laughter movement. Uh, hyper-emotionalism. 
the Hindus have been doing this uh, for several thousand years. They drop to their backs, they laugh, they bark like, like dogs, they growl like animals. Um, uh, it's, the Hindus call it bhakti, okay? Uh, tribal peoples do this. When missionaries, when even Baptist missionaries would see somebody doing that, they look and immediately they think, okay, demon possession. i got to cast out a few demons here. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Bhagwan Rajneesh, Rory uh, showed me a video once where they would meditate standing up and do all their chanting and they're hopping and dancing and stuff like that. And eventually they would drop, spontaneously drop to their backs. These were hundreds of people. And then they would start laughing real loud. But then you go a little further and they start barking and growling. And you wait another half hour and all of a sudden you end up somewhere in the soundtrack of hell, blood-curdling screams. Okay? Um, that's demon possession. What's that one Yeah, there were, there were, and there were some of the people that were popping off the floor with their bodies. And, uh, uh, but whatever the case, uh, um, if we're going to throw our mind out the window, we throw our mind out the window and we just try to experience God as if he's some uh, big void or some blank check, uh, eventually what, what, what's going to happen is we're going to surrender the control of our minds and we're going to open the door to the demonic realm. And that's what's going on in the Word of Faith movement. The leaders, I, I doubt very much the leaders of this movement are saved. I think they're, they're from the other side. Uh, informed members of that movement, I, don't, I doubt that they're saved. Uh, there's a, probably a whole third of their congregation that are just people who tried Buddha last week. They're going to try what they think is Jesus this week, and next week it's going to be Harry Krishna. Okay? And, uh, but, uh, but there's a portion, a group of people, a big percentage, who are believers who are stunted in their growth and are being led astray with bad theology. But there are some people out there that really do love Jesus, and it really, it's really, really sad. And uh, uh, so I think we not only need to lead the unsaved from that movement to Christ, but we need to try to disciple some of these baby Christians that are getting kicked around and then really being misled uh, by shepherds who just, uh, uh, you know, lambast the sheep. Uh, all right, well, God bless you, everybody. Sorry to keep you over, but uh, I think that's the norm. God bless you. I all day here. I don't even share it. I'm sharing an old testimony with you. When I became a Christian. I was a Catholic. And um, I um, started reading my Bible, and it was like just wonderful, amazing to me. And everything that I read in there, I would totally be it. Whatever it totally just said, you know. So, but sometimes that causes a little problem. So, because you're reading it through, and I started with the New Testament, so I'm reading through it. So then I came back and when you pray, say, you could only pray to the Our Father. So that's how I that. So I read all the other stuff, but I still said the Our Father, but take me two hours to say it, because by the time I got through it, you know, Our Father. But anyway, I came to that part where anything you asked, you would get. And so I was, oh, so I started asking for things, and I didn't ask for very much, you know, but the things I asked for, I got. 
And so then I went to the priest and I said to the priest at confession, I said, I'm just scared to death because everything I ask God for, I get. This is before I got to the part where it, if it's in your will. And so I said, I don't know what to do. I mean, how do you know you're going to pray for the right thing if you're going to get everything you want? I just know I couldn't possibly pray for the right stuff. And he said, well, don't worry about it, my child. I forget what he said, something like that. But then he said, would you pray for my special intention? No. <laughs> I remember that to this day. I mean, it was like, okay, so your answer to me is pray for me. If you get everything you ask, pray for me. So, but anyway, that was so funny. But, you know, when you're new and you're in a place where there's no teaching, yeah. and if you just read the Bible, I can see how some people can oh, just... Yeah. Because if you didn't finish reading the whole thing, I happen to be a voracious, a voracious reader, so I mean, I've read the whole thing all, a whole bunch of times. So you'd read, and then yeah. you'd go, oh, yeah. okay, that means that, okay. And you know. well, that's why uh, Peter warned about, you know, people who read Paul's writings mm -hmm. and, and aren't real grounded in the Word, how easy it is to pull out of context what he's teaching. Yeah, it's so, yeah, so it's... it's it's really neat to, you know, study hard and all, but uh, yeah. that's interesting that the priest said that. I've seen priests on both sides, some that were Protestants yeah. in priest clothing. Oh, yeah, I had some good teachers yeah. that yeah, I knew that and were then there were some. Then there were some that just...